With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. I originally started following Jen Ziano because of her colorful t-shirts and life-affirming mantras, specifically her bright pink Latina power shirt, which kept popping up in my Instagram feed. We also recently collaborated on a product together, a Latina to Latina t-shirt. We're going to have more on that a little later in the episode. And the process of working with Jen gave me an inside look into how much care and thought she puts into each product, how she is constantly keeping her consumer and her community front of mind. And so I wanted to talk with her about how she has built her small business by betting on herself, the place she comes from, and the communities she loves. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Jen, you have built and run a brand that is very proudly Latina and very proudly queer. If I had told teenage Jen that that was going to be the case, she was going to run a company that was very associated with celebrating those two identities, what would she have said to me? That you were crazy. (laughs) I was a completely different person. And I was struggling with both of those identities, I think. Um, I mean, I went through a phase where I didn't want, like, I hated the first day of school, for example, because, you know, they always ask you, tell us where you were born and what you did this summer. And I was always the one that had, well, I was born in Mexico and I didn't go anywhere this summer. And it's funny because when I was a kid, we moved from Atamoros to Brownsville and I went into first grade here. And I hated it. I hated school. I didn't speak English. Um, and I hated it. And I would cry every single morning. And I would scream at my mom, Me quiero regresar con mi abuela. Like, I just wanted to go back with my grandma in Matamoros. Like, I could not 
adjust to being here. And then as I got older, it was the opposite. Like I didn't want to go back to Matamoros. Um, I just wanted to be here with my friends. And then I came out gay when I was 18. So I was fairly young. And all of a sudden, like so many things in my life made sense that I wasn't understanding as they were happening. Like what? Like being uncomfortable around girls. Like I was in the cheer team and like being like, oh, I used to think I want to be like them or like I want to dress like them. And it's like, no, it was different. Or like my first crush ever was Thalia. Probably shouldn't have been Thalia, you know? (laughs) So, so good. All of a sudden, like all of these things that I didn't understand were making sense to me. So it's been a journey. And had you told me that, I probably wouldn't have believed you. (laughs) Is there a clear turning point on the Latina identity piece of it where it flipped for you? It was when I, as I started getting older and I started reconnecting and understanding and almost craving those like stories from like my, my mom's childhood and how she grew up. And I saw myself turning into my mom, but I was proud of it. And I was like, wow, like I understand why my mom would tell me this. Or, you know, when my mom would say these like dichos, I'm like, they make sense now. And all of a sudden I just wanted to know more and more. And I wanted to really reconnect with that. And then in 2016 with the presidential elections, it was like, all of a sudden, it was like I was meant to be carrying this message. Um, and at the time, Vero, my partner, was working in immigration. And so she was helping the kiddos from like Guatemala and El Salvador to find ways to stay here in the U.S. So she was heavily right in the middle of it. And it, it just happened. I don't really know how, but it just kind of developed. And it felt so normal. Like I should have... Like it was meant for me to get to that point. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pamper Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. 
Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&Ms? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. In 2014, you and Vero get married. Yes. You start the original incarnation of a company, no money. You say you had no furniture in your apartment. Nothing. <laughs> what was motivating you? You know, in 2014, we literally, I, I'm not kidding when I say we had no money. We had nothing. Vero came out in 2014 and her parents did not take it well. So she got kicked out of her home and we were living in this tiny one bedroom apartment. And it was one of those situations where what else can happen? Like we're here, it's only up from here. I'm one of those people that always thinks of the worst case scenario. And then I'm like, okay, if I can figure out what to do in the worst case scenario, then we can only go up. And so for me, I would tell that a worst case scenario, we have to move in with my parents and it'll be fine, right? Like we'll just build up from there. Mm. That was the worst case scenario. And that was just like the motivation. Like we can only go up from here. It's it's not going to get, like we already don't have anything. So I was like, if not now, when? Um, so we just kind of went for it. Okay. But most people, when they say, if not now, when it isn't like, let's become silk screeners and build a t-shirt <laughs> line. I mean, how did you make that connection? We actually didn't start making t-shirts. I was hand drawing on coffee mugs. That's what I would do. I would get home from work and I would just hand draw on coffee mugs and sell them on like Facebook and Etsy and friends and family. We did that for a little bit. And at the time I was also working retail. I used to work at Best Buy. And then I realized if I want to do this, I can't just be hand drawing on coffee mugs. Like it's just me and I can only draw so many mugs. <laughs> right. You'll never be able to sell that many. Yeah. So it was like a, a little switch that went off and I was like, well, let's make t-shirts. Let's see what happens. And we were not doing our own screen printing at the time because obviously we could not afford to buy all the machinery that it takes. So we went to a local screen printer in our town and we were like, what is the minimum that I can bring you? <laughs> and I think he said at the time, I think he said like 12 pieces. And that's what we started with, 12 pieces. What were they? It was actually the, my heart goes beady, beady, bum, bum. We got 12 of them. And then I posted them on Etsy and I promoted them like crazy. I was like, somebody has to buy these 12 t-shirts. And then as we were selling, we were taking that money and then just restocking again and again, 12 at a time until we worked our way up to 15 at a time. Eventually, we had enough profit to create another design. Yeah, because you say it was by no means an overnight success. No, not at all. I mean, we've been doing this for over five years. Do you see the turning point as the pink Latina power shirt or do you see the turning point as the rise of Instagram? I think it was a combination. Latina Power is definitely the shirt that made us rethink the business. And when we launched Latina Power and we realized how people were reacting to it, that's when we were like, this is what we're meant to be doing. We're supposed to be a Latina empowerment brand. And it was both a let's follow what our customers want. And I've never been happier doing something. 
we just went with it. Mm. We would release t-shirts that were in English and then in Spanish to see what would perform better. And Spanish shirts always, always perform better. Even today, they just do better. And so I think it was definitely a combination because social media is very, very important to our brand. I mean, a lot of our customers come from Instagram and they find us through Instagram and now through TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. But even to this day, I think Instagram is the one that drives the most traffic for us. What happened with the Latina Power Shirt? Do you remember the moment when you said, "Okay, this is taking off? They sold much faster than anything else I had done up to that point. And not only were they selling, but people were talking about it. And that was like a turning point because I was like, people actually want to talk about this. They want to tell their friends about it. They want this sense of community and they're finding it through this t-shirt. And and that was like a, a turning point for us. And I was like, this is how we build a community of like-minded people that have our same values, our same missions. Tell me when you knew you had enough capital and wanted to make the investment into bringing your printing operation in-house because that is a big investment. When we started seeing that t-shirts were what was selling for us and what people were were responding to, we automatically started thinking in three years from now, where are we going to be at? And it got to the point where our minimums were no longer just 12 t-shirts, right? We were doing 50, 60, 100 t-shirts at a time. At this time, we were still running the business from our apartment. So we didn't really have space for it. But my parents kept pushing us and they were like, just do it. Like we can empty out your childhood bedroom and put it in there. And then the pandemic started and everything shut down and we couldn't get to our screen printer anymore. So we were kind of forced (laughs) to learn really fast. And we actually moved did from my parents' house into our living room. It was chaos, like madness. And eventually this year, I was like, we we have tapped out. We cannot grow anymore because there's no space for us to grow here. There was t-shirts everywhere. And then the machinery is, it's big. And you'd go to bed and you'd have the t-shirts like staring at you. <laughs> like you haven't printed me yet. <laughs> so this year, it was again, one of those things where we just kind of bet on ourselves and said, if not now, when? And we risked it and we were like, let's get a warehouse space and see what happens. But I genuinely feel like getting the space just opened us up for more opportunities. Did you use your own capital to rent the space or did you tap into loans to do it? No, so far we are 100% bootstrapped. We haven't gotten any loans. We did get a grant from our city. Our city was doing small business grants. But other than that, everything has been just bootstrapping and taking the profits and just reinvesting them back into the business. It's funny thinking about the fact that when you were seven and you immigrated from Mexico, you had that sort of visceral experience of hating living in the United States, how that flips. Mm -hmm. And now you've built a business in the Rio Grande Valley. Talk to me about the decision to build the business at home rather than to build the business anywhere else. For me, being here in Brazil is, it's literally one of the biggest inspirations for the brand. Because we live in, I think it's like 96% Latino community. And our culture is everywhere. Everywhere. 
our food, our music, everybody here speaks Spanish. It just influences so heavily everything that I do for the brand. And when I was younger, people would always tell me, like, if you want to make it, you have to leave Brownsville because we're a smaller town, we're a smaller city. And everybody would tell me, like, there's so much potential. If you leave, if you stay here, you're never really going to make it. And then when the business started to grow, people would tell me, like, you have to be in California. Like, if you really want to keep growing your business and you want to scale more, then you have to get out of here. You have to go places where where you'll be able to scale. And I would still be like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm going to figure it out here. I don't mind if it's a little bit harder, but I just feel like the brand would not be the same if I was elsewhere because this city is a huge inspiration for me. And my family here is a huge inspiration for the brand. And I mean, we're literally five minutes away from Matamoros. So whenever I want, I could just go over, well, pre-pandemic, go over and literally be in the center of my home of where I was born of everything that makes me who I am so I just don't see myself ever leaving and I don't see this brand being the same if I were elsewhere I think it would look completely different I know that feeling RDV needs things like this, right? Like in as much as you need the town to sort of keep the vision to keep the creative sensibility I also think we talk a lot about how Texas is growing and changing. Yeah. So often we would talk about the border only through the lens of keeping people out who gets to come and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if we were in a different moment, we'd be talking about the border as a place where you could have an exchange of ideas and have an exchange of commerce. Yeah. The border is in so many ways a vibrant place. It is. It's beautiful too. And if you live in any other part of the country, you might not know that. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, this is a completely different lifestyle that we have here. I think we're very, very lucky. It's very sad because I, when I went to high school, my teachers would literally tell me, do not go to college here because we have a university here. And they would literally tell us like, you have to apply to UT Austin. You have to go to Texas A&M, at least go to UTSA. Because if you stay here, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be anything. And this was teachers telling you this at the age of 16, 17, when you're super impressionable. Now, I wish teachers and even just like everybody in general would just be like, there is so much here. And if we nurture the talent that we have here, the RGV would be even more amazing instead of pushing our talent out. Because it's like, oh, you have so much potential. You should go and be this elsewhere. And instead of just being like, there's potential, so I'm keeping you and I'm going to nurture you and I'm really going to make sure that you stay here and you you share your gift with the locals here. So for me, it's just super important. I love to travel, but I love coming home. <laughs> so now that you're out of the apartment, now that you're not surrounded by t-shirts in your bedroom, printing equipment in your living room, and you've opened up all this space, what do you want that space to be for? What do you envision as the future of your company? growth, so much growth. Right now we have a manual press and I'll kind of go a little bit into the manual press. You like physically have to screen print. And then there's an automatic press that you just put the t-shirts and it screen prints themselves. And I really hope that we can make that investment next to kind of allow us to take on more projects and be able to have partnerships with more brands 
and hopefully open the door for us to do retail someday. Um, I would love to see our products at like Target or Nordstrom, right? And now that we have the space, we can take those projects on. We will be able to do it instead of, you know, being in our apartment and be like, we can't do more than a hundred shirts. <laughs> um, so I really hope that this opens the door for, for opportunities like that. We've interviewed so many small business owners who have had their products on the shelves of these exact stores. So I feel like this is good. We're going to put it out into the universe, manifest it. Yes. <laughs> Jen, what did I miss? I don't think anything. I think this was, this was great. I've loved chatting with you and telling you about my grandmas and my town and my parents, the things that are most important to me. I loved hearing about it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was really struck during this conversation with Jen by a lot of things. The power of starting small and learning from your consumer, the bravery and faith it takes to create the space for new opportunities to emerge, and the way a sense of place for Jen, that is South Texas, can play in who you are and what it is you build. Would Jen Ziano Designs be Jen Ziano Designs if it were based anywhere other than the Rio Grande Valley? I mean, I am so excited to be working with Jen and the whole JZD team to bring you our Latina to Latina t-shirt. It is perfect for tucking into a pair of jeans. You know, I love a half tuck and it is so comfortable that you will want to wear it as often as you can wash it. Or at least that is the case for me, which is good because I have a few of Jen's t-shirts so I can at least rotate them through. For you, our beloved listeners, you can use a special code Latina to Latina for free shipping through September 2021 and go to Jen Ziano designs. That is Jen Z-E-A-N-O designs.com. Pick up a Latina to Latina tea for you, for your friend who you listen with and support two Latina owned businesses in one fell swoop. And be sure to send us pictures of yourself in the tea. Tag us on Instagram. We cannot wait to see you in it. And we can't wait to feature you on our feed. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Sarah McClure is our senior producer. Our lead producer is Cedric Wilson. Kojin Tashiro is our associate sound designer. Steven Colon makes this episode. Jimmy Gutierrez is our managing editor. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor and ad ops lead. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at Latina to Latina. Remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. And remember, every time you share the podcast or you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.